Let's quickly pray. Let's take this time just to ask God to prepare our hearts. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come around your word. And we thank you that you can prepare our hearts now for it, God. We don't only want to be hearers of it. We want to be doers of it. We want your word planted deep in our hearts so it can transform us. We submit to you, God. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray for protection on us and our children. Pray in this hedge of protection that you'd minister to us, bring freedom, um, lead us and bring your salvation. God, will you knock on the door of people's hearts who don't know you so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. Good morning to everyone. Um, for all our first time guests, my name is Andre. We're so glad you're here. And hopefully you get that first cappuccino or hot chocolate. Um, and yeah, just get to connect. That's one of the things we want you to do is not only um, do we want to facilitate connection on Sunday, we'd love for you to find a circle, a view group where you can really grow. And of course, God grows his kingdom relationally. So um, you're going to grow here, but it's going to go to a whole nother level in a view group, in a circle where you actually get to um, yeah, just learn more, discuss God's word and really encourage each other and pray for each other. Um, so I encourage you to do that. And then, like James said, Growth Track's our front door. So Growth Track really this time is uh, uh, happening on Saturday. That's simple, the simplest thought. If you want to understand, your ne- the front door this month is on Saturday at 9 a.m. And so for anyone, it's, it's the next step. For our dream teamers, we want you to be there. We encourage you to, um, to, to come to some training. And then for anyone who wants to join, join us. And we really do believe and we know in the rhythm of the church that in the spring season and December season, a lot of people come to church and visit. And what we know is when we are more prepared and equipped as a dream team, way more people get connected. And that's really the key. It's not just about people coming to church. It's about people getting connected, not only to God, but to other people. And, and so by equipping our dream team, we actually get ready for what God wants to do. And we make a bigger difference when we're more prepared, like to make a difference. So, so that's all that Saturday is about. And come on, we learn on a need-to-know basis. Come on, all the guys know it. Whenever the teacher at school said, tomorrow there's a test, all of a sudden, we became the best students. We found that girl who took all the notes. We photocopied everything in her book, and we took it to a whole other level of, of learning. And so you might go, I don't know. I promise you on Saturday, you're going to learn because you'll be, you'll be on a sponge level. You know what I mean? Because you're just going, okay, so I, I want to help out there. And they say, okay, this is how you can help out there. You're going to go, okay, okay. And so I encourage you to make the most of it, and uh, we believe it's going to be fun. So we've been doing a week of prayer and fasting. Uh, we do it 21 days, beginning of the year. We do seven days um, in the middle of the year. We trust God um, that God would do the supernatural. Uh, that seven days in the middle of the year is almost walking around that city seven times. And tonight, um, we're going to really dedicate. We're going to dedicate the rest of the year to God. So um, I encourage you tonight, 6 p.m., uh, we're going to be praying. And it's so important to continuously pray for uh, we want to pray for you as individuals, for your marriage. We want to pray for um, your family. We want to pray for the city. We want to pray for the country. Because we see in Scripture that when the heavens were shut, God said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then not only will he hear our prayers, but he'll also heal our land. And so you might be going, how do we keep seeing breakthrough in this country? And it, it's every country of the world. All people around the world need to continuously pray. Because um, we even see in the Bible people 
people experienced in all countries. Wherever they moved to a country, all of a sudden was blessed, and then all of a sudden they, they, there was a, a, something got binded again. They needed to pray. They needed to trust God. And so, so I don't think we're ever going to have a season where we're not going to be trusting God, going to be praying, wherever we're at, and it's a healthy practice. And, and we do believe God says the persistent widow knocks on the evil judge's door, and even the evil, evil judge gives her what she asked for. How much more should we pray? And so I encourage you to join us. Uh, but we are ending our encounter series um, this morning. It's our last um, part of the series. And tonight we're celebrating. And then next week we're going into a series called Built to Last. And, and, and you and I can shape sand, but rock shapes us. And it's, it's finding out how to build in a rock. Or, or, and the question is, are you building with sand? Or you're building on a rock, and are you letting God's principle shape you? And we're looking at different areas of your, how's God's principle shaping your marriage? How's God's principle shaping your, how you're doing your family? Different areas. Um, And and just letting, because if you sleep on a, you even find if you sleep on a pillow, like a hard, you see the shape, and no one has ever seen that in your face. Like whatever's hard, like it puts a dent in you, but whatever's soft, you put a dent in it. We don't want to live where we're shaping the world. We want to be shaped by Jesus. We want to be shaped by the principles of God. And so I encourage you to join us for that. But in this time, we've been looking at people who worship God, people who set aside time with God, and we've been encouraging people to do that. Um, but even as we worship God, put Him first, uh, it's not just a thought or this, you know, oh, yes, God, I worship you. It actually needs to be expressed. And and for us, we, can, we worship all the time. We not only worship all the time, we also have a desire to worship. So we can't switch it off. And, and a simple way to look at what you're worshiping is look at what's most valuable in your life and, and follow the trail, like what, what you, where you're giving that, where you're sowing what's valuable. And, of course, the rule is follow the time, talent, and treasure. Follow that trail, and it will lead to a throne. And you'll know what you're worshiping. For us, we want to be deliberate. And always be putting God first. But, but because we're human beings and uh, we actually sometimes make a bad exchange, we, we sow what's valuable for what's not valuable. And, and so in the time of prayer and fasting, we reset and we say, God, you are the most important person in our life. Romans 1 verse 21 says, For though they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, birds and animals and reptiles. So, of course, we see they, had a, they made a terrible exchange um, and they were serving um, small G gods and idols they made. And you could go, how do we, do we ever do that? Well, yes, you might not be making an idol or... Uh, some shape, but you and I do have substitutes. Um, our, our schedule might point to the substitute that's come into our life. Uh, maybe it's, it's you've always uh, worshipped have getting somewhere in your relationships. You know, one day, you young person, one day when I'm married, and you've actually worshipped that, and it's actually become the obsession of your life. Maybe it's your um, it's your uh, finances. Maybe it's that car you've always wanted. Come on, anyone ever bought a car and said goodnight to the car that night? Come on, be honest. You open the garage, said goodnight. The car says nothing back, but you, you were communicating with that car. 
Of course, we know where every treasure is there, your heart is. Maybe it's that house, or maybe you've got your Pinterest board. You're going, I know when my house looks like this, then I'll be happy. And, and you, you're worshiping this, this life that looks a certain way. Uh, maybe it is your sports team. Maybe you've been upset, but the Premier League soccer is coming back, or the World Cup rugby is coming. Listen, you know, God does not want that. Unless you support Liverpool, everything else doesn't really because that's really, you'll never walk alone. They sing a gospel heaven before the games. But otherwise, but we joke around, but some of us are actually in such a rut where we go, at least the Premier League's coming. You know, uh, maybe all the World Cup rugby's coming. Um, and, and we all end up making a bad exchange. These things are good, but they don't play, they can't play God in your life. They can't be on the throne of your hearts. They're blessings, they're there to be enjoyed, but it's when you start to make them the thing that determines your identity and really gives you life, you realize there's no life in it. And, and this actually begins, this, this, this substitution, this, error, this bad transfer um, begins when you start to reject what you know about God. So even though you know he deserves to be worshipped, that he needs to be first in your life and he needs priority, and we should actually have a daily time with God, quieting ourselves. We know these things and we let them slide. You will find you start making substitutions. It's when we walk away from what we know and, and we, start not, we stop looking at Jesus as the sustainer of our life. We stop looking at him as the one who created us. Um, and what happens is once you put that thing as the center, as the sort of God in your life, you end up starting to think that you are the center of the universe. And, and then all of a sudden, the next thing is you, everything is like, well, how does it affect me? And so you, you go on this journey from knowing you should worship God to worshiping um, what God created and then thinking that you are the bee's knees. And not that you shouldn't love yourself. It just becomes, once you start to make yourself God, life really is sucked out of your life because he's the one who gave you life and sustains life. So really the rule is you start to worship what God created instead of God who is the creator. You stop making him a priority and he doesn't take first place in your your life. Um, Deuteronomy 6 verse 14 says, Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the, for the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God. Of course, we see that God's going, I've already spoken to you about this. I actually don't compete with other gods. I am the Lord your God. Another reason we actually stop putting God first in life and stop worshiping Him, worshiping him is because we... We want the approval of people, not even just the approval of people. We love the praise that men give us um, more than our relationship with God. Of course, once you start to want the approval of man, and, and once you want the praise of people, it will normally lead you to a prideful place. And, and so John 12 verse 42 says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders, believed in him. Of course, these are Jewish leaders. They believed in Jesus, it said. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear that they would put out, they'd be put out the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. In a way, you can say they loved, 
the praise from people more than one day the well done, good and faithful servant they could get from God. And so they would not actually serve Jesus publicly. Yes, like they, they believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't go public with their faith because they were afraid of rejection and ridicule. They were afraid that it, they would lose their prestigious place. For some of them, they saw that they thought they would lose their livelihood. So they said, well, you know, what, because of what I do for a living, I can't go public with my faith. I can't actually go public and say, I love Jesus. So really, their praise was fickle um, and, and short-lived. Yes, we believe in you, and, and the enemy would love your relationship with God to be fickle and short-lived because of your fear of people. Um, and, and God would want us to be aware of this, that, that he loves us, he died on the cross for us, and, and we should be living for him, not actually for men who can easily reject you and fail you when God has proven his love for you. So our desire for human praise and appreciation can keep you from following Jesus. It actually can, it can distract you. And maybe you have got to a place where you've actually just desired the praise of men. And maybe it's just something even bigger in our, that's bigger in our life when we're young. Because we, like when you're young, you feel you're going to miss out on so much if you put Jesus first. But of course we know, as we seek him first, everything else will be added. The other reason we actually stop worshiping God and we need these times to reset and do a fast and, and actually worship God and pray is because we are driven by feelings. That's natural. We, we have feelings. Um, and because we're driven by feelings, we start to go, if I'm have more pleasure, I'll be happier. And so all of a sudden, we get these goals. We go, if I have these pleasures, then I'll be happy. And our feelings start to drive our life. And then we bring that into our relationship with God. And we go, well, I'll worship you, God, if I feel like it. And all of a sudden, some days we have tough days and we don't like the songs that have been played. And we go, I don't feel like worshiping today. Or, or you wake up and the traffic's uh, terrible and you're going, well, I don't feel like doing it unto you today, God. And, and so all of a sudden our feelings start to get in the way of our relationship with God. Of course, Hebrews 13 verse 15 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess His name. Yes, sacrifice of praise. and It's the greatest form of praise, but you clearly see, you're saying, I'll worship you even if I don't feel like it. Even when my feelings are not there and I'm having a tough day, I know you are worthy of all praise. The other reason um, that some of us aren't worshiping God is we, we've actually become spectators. We actually do our Christianity the same way people do watch sports. Um, if you were at the Stormers game against Munster, not that I was there, future I'm available to get, take any tickets to those finals. But... But that, what, 60,000 people, atmosphere was incredible. You had 30 people on the field running around in desperate need of a rest. 60,000 people shouting at them who were in desperate need of exercise. And sometimes that's actually what the, how the church is. You've got most of the people in desperate need of some spiritual activity, of serving others, watching one or two or three and 
And that's why we're actually even doing our dream team training on the 5th. Because we know that God says equip the saints. That, that's the thing. Equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But you and I, when we stop actually getting involved, we can switch off our worship. I found my worship went to another level when I started serving. It's because my eyes were open and my heart was softer to God. And I started to pray for the people that I was about to serve. And I started to worship God. And my worship actually went to a whole other level. But when we are actually not moving and active in our Christianity, our worship starts to be, go a bit softer. John 4 verse 8 says, come close to God and He'll come close to you. Come close to God, He'll come close to you. It's this, it's this movement. Another reason we stop worshiping God is our preference. We say, well, well, I grew up like this. These are my preferences. And this is the tradition I grew up in. And, and so, so the, this is how I'd like to worship God. And, and we actually make our tradition, we actually end up adoring our tradition more than we adore God. We start to actually worship our tradition. I grew up in a traditional environment. And I remember being confirmed at age 16. My parents said, what do you want to do? I said, well, the first thing is I don't want to go to church anymore. I'm being honest with you guys. Then next year, my friends invited me to, to View Church, to, to have OG in. And that's the first time I had an encounter with God where I was like, I want to be here. Prior to that, it was, it was just a tradition for me. and all of a sudden became a relationship. But, but for some of us, we're still in that place. I, I, this is how I'd like to worship God. And, and we miss out on so much. Of course, um, God does have a way he'd like us to worship him. I don't know if you know it, some of us think that the church came up with this idea of, of worship, but, but there are Hebrew words for, for praising Him, for worshiping Him. Here's one of the Hebrew words for praise, halal, means to rave, to boast, to celebrate. Psalm 38, verse, uh, 35, verse 18 says, I will thank you in front of a great assembly. It would say it like this, I will halal you before all the people. I will rave and boast and celebrate. And, and to, be, to give God halal praise is people stop seeing you as an individual. They see the God you serve. It's almost like going to a game where you're supporting a sports team and people stop seeing you as just somebody. They go, oh, there's a Stormer supporter. There's a Springbok supporter. And, and, and that's actually what halal praise is. It's about him more than me. And so it's not about my preferences, it's about what he likes. And, and really, when you find out how he wants to be worshipped, it's like, hey, God, how do you love to be worshipped? It's pretty much finding out about your love languages. Let's say um, James loves coffee, Jess loves tea, and James goes, I'm going to show Jess how much I love her. i make her the best cup of coffee. He brings it to her, says, I love you. And she's like, uh, thanks so much. She goes, you know, I'm going to show James how much I love him. She goes, makes the best cup of tea. She brings it to James. James, I love you. He's like, oh, they, they, they go about this for years. And one day they have the biggest arguments. Like, you don't love me. Oh, I do love you. I will show you. I make you coffee. And Jess goes, I don't like, love coffee. I love tea. I show you how much I love you. I make you tea all the time. And, and they're just missing each other. If they just swapped it around, the love would flow in loving coffee and loving tea. But it just takes time to find out what does the other person see as love. Well, God actually says he loves to be worshipped like this. He doesn't love to be worshipped by what, what you like. 
He says, this is how I would like to be worshipped. Here's some other words for praise and worship. Yada, it's a Hebrew word for praise. It's to acknowledge in public. Barak means to bless by kneeling and bowing. Zama means to make music to God with strings. Now, of course, we've got string instruments, bass, guitar. Um, Shabbat means to address in a loud tone, to shout. Come on, my preference is quiet churches. Heaven's loud. God likes to be praised. I don't know. That's the whole thing. Like some people in heaven, I'm going to try to find that sound guy. God's like, I am the sound guy. Anyway, like you know, <laughs> and so, but Psalm 63 says, "Because of your love, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will shabak you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands." Toda means to lift hands in adoration. A lot of people think, where do you go to that happy clappy church? Where they like they clap and they lift hands. Did they just get into a circle and make that up? It's found in the book of Psalms. It's actually the way God likes to be worshipped. And so it's to offer praise that glorifies Him. That's what uh, total worship is. You're actually offering praise that glorifies Him. Tequila praise, not to be confused with tequila. Tequila is exuberant singing, almost the same kind of, and I can, it's not, but tehila is actually a Hebrew word for praise. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give zama. Even uh, with, uh, with my glory, I will yada praise thee, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing tehila unto thee among the nations. That's the original language. This is how God would like to be praised. A lot of us are not connecting with God because of our preferences. And we say, God, I'm not going to worship you. The crazy thing is, worship was built into you. You can't lie about that because you just need to ask somebody to video you at watching your favorite sports team as they're about to score. And, and, you know, already your hands are up before they score because it's a sign, you know I mean, it's a sign of, of almost victory and then they score. <laughs> I saw this. I was at the warfare and I've told you guys a story. Michael Jackson was there. They closed and I saw it and there was this commotion and people were screaming and, and leaning and Michael, Michael. And I saw they had a half moon security and there was a gap in the wall. So, you know what I thought? I'm going to stand in the gap of the wall. This half moon security is going to walk, moon security sort of, it's going to walk past me. So I stood in the gap and um, they came past me. And as they came in, I stepped into the circle. And they all had, and, and, and the security about to jump me. And Michael Jackson said, don't worry. No, I promise you, don't worry. Like he did a real true story. I shook his hand. I knew it couldn't be a hard shake. So I just did it like, you know, and I just looked at him because I want to see his face. And then I stepped back into the wall and they moved forward and people were yada, toda, Shouts to healer. And, and you do it at your sports game. And somehow, God's not big enough to be freely praised like that. But at sports, you, 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 there's nothing holding you back. Your, family, your, your children or grandkids, come on. But God, God's not worthy. And he actually says, this is how I'd like you. To worship me and praise me. This is how I'd like you to be lifting me up. You know, we miss out on so much of what he has to 
offer, in a place of praise, there's breakthrough. Um, before the victory came the praise. Before the walls of Jericho came down, came the praise. God was lifted up. What is stopping you from connecting with your God? What's stopping you from receiving all that he has for you? I was at a, um, a, a netball tournament, and there was another family who was there, and they had CJ um, Stunder speak, and he played for Ireland. He played, I think, about 60 tests for Ireland. And he tells this funny story how at the Bulls, they said he wasn't big enough to play flanker or eight man. And they said, you're going to have to play, like you're going to have to compete with Malcolm Marks at hooker, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So then he actually got a contract with Munster where they said he could play on the side of the scrub. He said the only thing is he goes to Munster um, and they speak English. And, of course, the English there is Turkey, Tree on a Thursday. You know, you're not going to yeah, – and, and he says, that, you know, where he grew up in, in Oakdale, um, in Riversdale there, he says, you know, they, they, taught you, um, they taught you English in Afrikaans. That's how Afrikaans it was. You know what I mean? Like, it's like next level. And so he says, this, so this, they go to the hotel, he says, incredible hotel. And he goes, how am I going to live for six weeks on my budget? I've got rands here. So he goes and buys two-minute noodles and eggs, and he puts the eggs in the kettle, and then he boils the kettle, and he puts, uses the same water, water to put in two-minute noodles, and he eats that. And he says they had cabbage and, and, and bacon at the training. It was like an Irish thing. And they thought, just this guy's buying into the Irish culture. You know what I mean? He's just, but that's how he got by for six weeks. That's how he ate. He says, the crazy thing is, as he was checking out, the, the lady said, did you enjoy your stay? I said, did you enjoy our complimentary breakfast and supper? <laughs> he says, lesson number one, learn to speak English. But a lot of us are actually not opening our ears to what God's saying to us. This is how I'd like to be worshipped. This is how I'd like you to approach my throne. Why do I say this to you? Because at these times of the year, we reset. We say, God, what do you really want? What does God really want? He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to be devoted to Him. There's huge blessings as we worship Him, as we commit it to Him. It says in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. He wants to strengthen you. And in this place of surrender, of trust, of praising Him, there's something supernatural that happens. He wants us to surrender to Him. To say, God, I surrender to you again, my life. I feel out of control and things aren't working out, but I know that you're on the throne and sometimes I can't see it. But again, I come to you and I worship you. I know that nothing's impossible. I surrender my life to you. And of course, he's saying we need to be living sacrifices. Romans 12 verse 1, of course, says we're not dead. In the Old Testament, they killed the, the, the sacrifice. And they put it on the altar. You and I come alive. We worship Him. We actually serve Him. We join the dream team. However, you serve Him at work. You serve Him how you, you, you serve your family, your community. But He wants a living sacrifice. And of course, He also wants you to make room for Him. He wants you to make room for Him. I love Isaiah, and I don't have that scripture up. It says that Jesus is the root planted in dry ground. You know anything about Jesus? He flourishes. It's not the circumstances. It's just Him. And so whatever you're going through, make some room for Him 
He can even flourish in a dry ground. He can flourish in what seems dead. Resurrection power is inside of him. The grave couldn't hold him down. Jesus, in your life, you might be struggling with addiction. Make room for Jesus. Jesus, even in the middle of that addiction, chains can fall off. You might be struggling with sickness. Jesus, in the middle of that sickness, can bring healing. You might be struggling with just a breakthrough in business. Make some room for Jesus in your life. Do you guys want to stand up quickly? If, if I really got down to the bottom of it, what does God really want? He wants you to worship Him. He wants you to lift Him up. You were designed to worship God. Yes, without realizing it, you worship many other things. And God wants you to enjoy those things. But He doesn't want them to be placed higher than Him. So we're going to just quickly sing. I'm going to give you an opportunity to declare that He's worthy of it all. And then I'm going to pray for you. Come on. Come on, let's just stand surrendered. Jesus, even with our bodies, we worship you. We praise you, God. We lift you up, God. We declare that nothing's impossible for you. And even in this moment, as we draw close to you, thank you that you're drawing close to us. We make room for you, God. Will you come into our life? There are areas where there's confusion, where we need breakthrough provision, where there's sickness. Will you come in and heal, God? Uh, Where there's disconnect, will you come in and reconcile, God? Where there's addictions, will you come in and break the chains of addictions? Will you bring life into our lives right now? God, will you come in and make a change? We worship you. We lift you. We enthrone you. May you be enthroned on our praises. In Jesus' name. Let's take a moment to quickly pray for anyone who needs to come back to Jesus. Just with every eye closed. You know you need to confess that He is the Son of God. Scripture says as you confess that you're a sinner, that He'll save you. As you call in His name, He will save you. If that's you and you say, Andre, I need to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I need to come back into a relationship with Him. Just give me a, put your hand up quickly. Say, I need to come back to Jesus. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, just give me a wave. God bless you. Anyone else? Saying, that's me. I need to come back to Jesus. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. I'm going to quickly pray. Let's pray. Jesus, I call on your name. Will you save me? I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen.